and welcome to Fancy Black Lady. I'm your host, Jamila Carrington-Smith. And I'm your host, Landria Seals-Green. A quick note before we get started, if you love the show, please share it with your friends. Be sure to tell them about Fancy Black Lady. And for those of you who are Apple Podcast listeners, please be sure to leave us a rating. We'd love to see a review too. Tell us what you love about the show. It helps us learn more about what's working and actually helps other people find the podcast. Thanks. Do you know somebody said to me, I've listened to you an episode and you talked about the fact that you can't get on the pole. It was a colleague of mine. You you talked about that you can't see yourself pole dancing or getting up on the pole. And she she said, I'm just here to tell you, you may not know this about me, but I was a professional pole dancer. Okay. Fun fact. And she will help you. Is that where this was going? No, she said, you really can do it. There were all kinds of women in the class and you really can do it. And I would encourage you to take a chair dancing class too, because there are some moves that you probably didn't know you had inside of you that would help make things, it, it would surprise your husband. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I said, well, I'm going to try it. I can't do any of this stuff for my husband because he would lose his damn mind. So, no. Lose it like double over in laughter or? No, he would lose his mind like, you know, thinking that's my job now is to just like give him (laughs) lap dances and chair dances. (laughs) What did you say one day, you know, you work, what did you say about somebody? You like, you work on your back. You just work on your back. (laughs) Was that you? That was oh, that sounds like the it's kind like of just work on your back. Say. It does. Yeah. So, but I really am going to try it, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to. You know, I before I do it, I would have a disclaimer. I probably have them sign a waiver. I understand that this is not an everyday occurrence. Exactly. That this is special. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, my comment about working on one's back as it comes back to me. <laughs> So as I recall, someone had something sassy to say about somebody's job, kind of diminishing this woman's job, saying, you just do this. And she was in a position where she was like defending herself. I'm like, don't defend yourself. Mm -hmm. You just tell her I work on my back. Leave it at that. (laughs) That was funny. And it still is. That's a real job. (laughs) Those, those gold diggers, you know, not for nothing. You know, they, they are working. They are working real hard. Yeah. So that's what she told me. I was, I thought to myself, okay, I might need to look into it. Yeah. Maybe it would help my hip. I don't know. I just was thinking about what we talked about yesterday. The, what was that? The debate? Mm-hmm. And how there were people who did not watch the debate, and then there were people who did. And the reasons seem the reasons for those who did not watch or did not watch for a long time were people who were like, "This is too much. Like beyond that, it would disrupt the the zen or the peace that you know everyone is working to have lately." Mm-hmm. And there were people like me who just, I would speak for myself. I watched because I just could not watch. I couldn't, like I had to see it. And I did. It was a lot. 
Was there anything new there that made it worth seeing for you? No, there was no new information here. I, my watching was really watching the dynamic, more so seeking and gaining information. If I got information or new information, wonderful. But that was not the purpose of my watching. I thought, this is going to be a show. And I want to see how much of a show it's going to be. It was worse than I thought, than I imagined. So I watched it for about, oh, I watched it for about 20 or 30 minutes. And that was enough for me. I mean, it established the dynamic. It was clear that things weren't going to meaningfully change. And to be honest, they were probably going to get worse. And I hear that they did. So I had a good idea of the players. Um, I had something very colorful to say about the debates before they started. And then it turns out that it was true. So after about half an hour of watching it with my children, who are very interested in politics, but I kept having to pause it and explain that was a lie. And the last couple things you heard in this sentence in this, then the last minute were a lie. And this is a lie because, and this is an obfuscation because, and this is a, you know, misdirection. Here's what's trying. And at some point I was like, you know what, go to bed because there's nothing in here that is worth you taking away. It isn't even worth, it's not even a good example of what not to do. It's just a flaming mess. So I was like, go to bed. It's a flaming mess. And so at the end of it, when they went to bed, um, my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, well, what are we doing? It's still a bunch of garbage. So let's go to bed ourselves. <laughs> so we woke up in the morning and there was plenty of analysis to tell us the very many ways that it was just a, a, a show as you put it. Yes. Yeah. We started off watching it as a family. And then our seven-year-old started yelling at the TV Mm. saying, just answer the question. The question is, you know, at the bottom of the screen, just answer the question. He's not answering questions. And I thought, let's go go to sleep. Like no one needs that. And he definitely, because he gets into it and it's like, oh, so we sent him to bed. And then we just kept watching it and discussing it as we were watching it. Like, this is terrible. And then my husband left and I'm the only one still like watching it. Cause I can't, I couldn't believe it. I think that's what it was. It's like, I couldn't believe it. And if there is a fight, I'm usually the person that runs away from the fight. I don't run to the fight. Like that's always been like, oh, there's a crowd. There's a fight erupting. Let me run away from, but this one, I just kind of watched. And then I watched the um, like the di- different news channels. And it was interesting to me that one particular news channel, they were silent at first because they couldn't believe it either. Like it was like, there was nothing to say. Like, like you, you couldn't believe that this has, this had occurred. And I just found it like, did I do a great job of protecting my peace that day? So you're talking about protecting your peace and did you do a good job of it, but how did you feel afterward that made you feel like, that made you even ask the question about whether you had protected your peace? I was without words. I was without words. I was silent in my own home, um, processing part of it, but protecting peace is something that I have noticed that I needed to do more of lately. 
I don't know if I ever talked to you about the fact that I, you know, think that, you know, everybody has coping mechanisms and then you like, you know how to handle stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then things happen in the world or in your life. And then you have to beef up how you react. And I just felt like maybe I don't, my, I needed to beef up or increase or improve how I protect my peace mm -hmm. lately because of all the stuff that's happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are times that, you know, watching different, the real housewives of whatever would not bother me and I could watch it. But these days I'm like, mm, that might be too much for me right now because that it, it's, it's too much happening. I do the same thing. And I watch it when the children have gone to sleep, husband has gone to sleep, and I'm like, okay, it's finally me time. I've you know, worked all day long. Let me turn on something entertaining. And I, I feel the tension. I feel it in my stomach. I feel it in my, my shoulders and my neck. As I watch the show, this show meaning Real Housewives of Anywhere, and um, it, it no longer feels like peace. So uh, that's why I like to just do something else. I'll watch my 600 pound life because I feel like I have somebody who I can root for. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Some people watch that show with a sense of like, I don't know. It's almost like looking down on the people on that show. I very much feel like every single time I turn on that show, I'm going to be able to get behind somebody and just like give them some psychic support like through the tv like you can do it and if if they can do that lose weight change a lifestyle that is deeply ingrained then i can do whatever thing in my life that's not so deeply ingrained but that's causing me stress so i i, I like it it's it's a little bit like it's like the sympathetic stress relief kind of thing positive vibes in somebody's direction but Real Housewives. That show um, stresses me out. It does. 600 pounds. It, it stresses me out. It stresses me out because I think to myself, what happened to her could happen to me. What do I need to do to avoid that? What's happening that could happen to my children? What, how did they arrive there? Like I internalize yeah. it and I think, what where where did they that you know you, the, everybody's going down this path and where did we go left where did left happen was it something that a parent said was it something a teacher said like where did they go left and then i'm afraid well look you listen to those stories people have taken a pretty hard left so i think <laughs> i think if any of this happened in your life us. no if this happened in your life like you would know like this is the moment i'm on the path to be 800 pounds so you don't have anything but, to worry about right now but, but i think did somebody try to pull them back or did they just keep going like what does that what does that look like but to your point because everyone has their thing i watch um married at first sight really that yes. is upsetting to me <laughs> So upsetting. Married at first sight. Uh, so what does that do for you? Nothing. <laughs> I just sit there and I watch it and I think, do I know someone who would go on that show? I would root for them. I would be in the I would be in the mm -hmm. audience saying, Congratulations. Mm -hmm. And then I would watch them on TV. Like, 
how's that going? I have my favorite, you know, there are couples that I think, okay, they're going to make it. And there's, I'm like, no, they're not going to make it, but it's, I, I like the show. Man. Yeah. So it stresses me out that people enter these relationships that are, you know, it is a serious relationship is the only relationship that we enter into a family legally and socially. Right. But this yeah. is somebody who they effectively don't know. So it, it causes me a lot of stress. And I know that people do this all over the world, but to have it also play yeah. out on television is just such a thick extra layer of just stress on an already fragile situation. So it, it, I don't know, it's so cringy to me. I always feel like every time things, all the small things that make a relationship take its twists and turns, get magnified because yep. it's happening in front of everybody. I feel slightly gross for watching. <laughs> but then again, I, I love my 600 pound life. So, you know, tomato, tomato. That's funny, tomato, tomato. But it's the way, but but there's no fighting on there, on either show. There's mm -hmm. no fighting, there's no arguing, there's the human condition and you want people to win. You do. And it's, you know, you can, uh, you know, both of us can get into, you know, our different shows, but lately I have found myself drawn to those types of things. I usually have stopped reading like other different types of books other than books for work. And so I ordered a fiction book for the first time. In a, and I have a lot of fiction books in front of me. And I used to be a, I used to read all the time mm -hmm. things that were not related to my profession. So I ordered my first fiction book, it arrived. And I look forward to finding time on my schedule to, to start reading. I know, I know. So when do you think you'll have time? Um, these are great questions. Um, <laughs> I know. These are great questions. Because when I think about when I will have time to do something like read a book. Now, I did read a book because it was important to me that I read it. But when it comes to doing something for leisure or doing something that's, you know, not hot, hot, hot right now, I literally think it's going to be another month and a half before I can do anything that I even just like to do, like for pleasure. Yeah, I hope that I can get into it in a couple weeks. I really do. Like right before my birthday, which is coming up, I'd like to make some personal changes that will, that's, that's where I'm moving to. And one of them is picking that habit up again. Okay. What do you like to read, by the way? I honestly don't know anymore. Huh. That's a true statement. Like I, like I bought the new Jim Crow. Like that's not a fiction book. Like that's heavy. Yeah, that's not pleasurable reading. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, and I need and I need to read this book. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't like romance. I used to like Jody Picoult books, but I felt like thematically they were the same. So I stopped doing that. Toni Morrison, but then I have to think, like I have to be, get into it. I can't put it down and pick it up a week later because I have to reread mm -hmm. stuff. But for my birthday, up until maybe seven years ago, every year I would read I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. I don't know why. But the, the book by Maya Angelou, every year um, I would read that 
And if I didn't read that book, I would read The Bluest Eye. And each year I would get a different um, meaning from that book, depending on where I was in my life. And I have not done that in so long. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those are things that I would like to get back to for myself. I did buy and reread, because I don't read a lot of fiction, but I did buy and reread a book that has brought me joy. Like I remember reading it and it brought me such joy. So I reread Their Eyes Were Watching God, which I read Uh, for the first time, who knows how long ago, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 years ago. And it brought me such joy then, like magical realism joy, even though there's not a lot of magical realism there, but there's just something so lyrical and beautiful about the story. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like it feels like a song. So I reread it and it was so, so great because it was like a shortcut to joy because I knew that there was this thing that I loved so much. So it was so nice to kind of take myself right back to that place. And I was sad when I was done with the book. It just makes me realize how much work has consumed different pockets of my life. Mm. And I don't think I ever meant for it to do that. And there are pockets of my life that I would want back. And certainly the pockets have also been filled by you know, a marriage relationship has been filled by children. And so those other pockets have been filled. And so now I find myself needing to reorganize my pockets and get find a place for me in there. And it's not exercise, like not me doing, but me just sitting and reading. And that's not something that I've done for leisure in a long time. So I'm looking forward to that. I talked to my kids because they're doing online learning and it's been, they've been doing a good job, a really good job of showing up, of being generally responsible with it, but it's hard. Yeah. And so I see them coming out looking as bedraggled as I feel at the end of a long day, which is really hard. It's hard to see that in your children, especially when you know, I'm a for real grown person and they are kids. Yeah. So I can look bedraggled, but it bothers me a lot when they look bedraggled. But I've been sharing with them just some of the small things like doing a power pose before you sit in on a class, standing sometimes, just standing. Yeah. And I told them, really think about the things that make you happy because sometimes you need to just get a shortcut to happiness. So whatever that thing is, I told them, because they know that I love to listen to music. Like I will turn on music and if I can sing to it, then I can do the thing I don't want to do, like the dishes or mop the floor. So in some ways it's been cool to let them in on some of those things. I think this whole situation with everybody at home has just meant that we're learning different lessons. We're learning things differently. And I feel like helping my children understand their shortcuts to joy are not exactly the kinds of things I expected them to be learning at nine and this level. Yeah. At nine and 12 years old. But this is where we are and we all need a little help to just kind of, we hug a lot in this family. We'll just, 
you know, someone will come out of a room, we see each other, we hug and we walk away because we're not doing it consciously all the time, but we need oxytocin hits. And so we just do this, (laughs) you know, we hug probably eight or 10 or maybe 12 times a day. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I I am all for a good kid cuddle. I even bought a new couch so that we could all cuddle together. A cuddle couch. A cuddle couch. (laughs) I'm like, I have to find the perfect couch so that we all can cuddle. And, you know, because when you have like the, just the one couch, it can only fit so much, so many people for a cuddler, right? Just for a good cuddle. But we like to like get into it and just cuddle and huddle up. So I found the couch that allows us to do that, the space to do that, because for us, that's what, that really is part of the protecting of the peace for me. So it's like a family hangout. It's it's a family hangout. It's a, I I never would have taken the time to find the couch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I never would have to, you know, because the kids argue about the the spot right now. I need that spot. I want to be closer to daddy because my husband is the per, is the central person of this. Okay. And everybody needs to cuddle. So we needed a couch for that. But, but for me, that is part of protecting our family's peace, my peace, um, and making time for that. The other thing I've, I've, done is stop working after a certain, like if I'm tired, I'm just tired and I have nothing, I can't give anymore. I noticed that I had been absentmindedly opening and scrolling headlines from various publications. And um, I just treat it like the gremlin rule. So no headlines after a certain time. So it usually ends up being like no headlines after nine o'clock. Okay. Because if I read the headlines, you know, they're lately, they're pretty terrible. So no headlines after nine o'clock and you don't turn into the scary gremlin who can't sleep. Oh, it's true. It's true. I've turned off notifications for all of the news um, things because it, it does under, and how I knew that my body was reacting to everything Mm -hmm. a few days ago. And this has not happened to me since college. It happened once to me in college. And then it happened again to me a couple of days ago. One, I had a panic attack. That was significant. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go to the hospital because I thought something was wrong. Right. And my husband's like, no, you're just having a panic attack. And I'm like, you don't know anything. WebMD says that. I am having whatever I'm having. And I sit down and he makes me tea and I calm down. And since then, I've noticed like when my body is revving up for this thing. And have you ever felt like all of the nerve endings in your body? Like you felt the nerves, like the firing of them. Oh, no, I just get heart attacks. But (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like. It, it it caused me to say, what else do I need to do so that I don't feel this way? And I found myself apologizing to my body for l- making it endure the stress that it has been. Mm. And it calmed down. I haven't had it since then, but um, it really made me say, okay, 
what else do I need to do? Do I need to um, turn off my email? Do I need to like, how else do I need to protect myself and my space? Do I need to say no when I really want to say no? And I haven't said no. Now I'm like, no, I can't do it. I just don't have any energy to do certain things. And um, the long yes should have been a quick no. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do it. I'm guilty of that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to think that I protect myself with the quick no, but not always, not always. Because it, it's, it's, you know, there's opportunities, right? There are things that you are passionate about and you want to do it. But I don't, for me, I don't think my body is in a place to do it. Like the most recent example is someone wants me to be a part of this thing and to speak. And it sounds great. It sounds wonderful. And I could, I could do it, except that I just don't have the span to do it. I don't want to type up the paragraph to give the summary of my talk. Like I don't want to do it. So it was a long yes. It took me forever to say yes, but it should have just been a quick no. I've been pretty good over the last couple of weeks. I've been very relaxed. That's good. And the load hasn't changed, but something in me has changed. And I don't know, there's usually just like a change of perspective or something that happens and it's very subtle. So maybe nothing about workload changes, nothing about any of it changes, but I change. And when I change, I'm just able to bear it all differently. So I've not had any problems sleeping for two and a half, two and a half weeks. It's been really good. You know, no pain in the neck, none of this stuff. It's so funny because the way we talk about stress is like, we carry this stuff all the time and panic attacks are completely normal. As I hear us talking, and that's not the way that I want to sound, but the truth is that is how I've been living for, I don't know, a while. So it's just really nice to have these periods of, they are peace, but for me, I wouldn't call them peace. I just call them quiet. There's something quiet inside of me and um, it feels good. I wish it could stay this way all the time, but I feel like I, I need to, there's always something that happens that moves me into this space of quiet. Yeah. So I just have to pay attention to what bumps me out of it and try to prevent that from happening. Yeah. There is a call like life circumstances, situations, whatever they may be, call you into a different place, call me into a different place of being. And so those different circumstances called me into a place of really examining, you know, what, who, where, what event, what things, even if they are good opportunities or what belongs and what doesn't belong right now for me. Mm -hmm. So that's been good. That's been, I cannot complain about it at all. I cannot complain. And even if I had a slight panic attack, which I did, um, that wasn't awful. It was just something that made me say, okay, I didn't realize that this thing was stressing me out the way that it was. And so maybe I need to pay attention to that um, a little bit more. But even though it happened, you were able to acknowledge it and put it back in its place. So it's not okay. like- 
it, it didn't it didn't take control of you. You didn't go to, you know, well, it was going to uh, take okay. control. I mean, <laughs> okay. You know, my husband pulled me off that cliff. Like, listen, okay, have a seat. Have a seat. You are not having. I mean, I had jeans on. I was like, I gotta go. I'll see you in a minute. Um, he was like, No, sit down. There's nothing, nothing wrong. You've just been stressed out. Mm -hmm. So that's it. And I haven't had it since. So it's been, and that's, you know, really the reason why it's been more important to me to think about things, my encounters, all of that to say, is this giving me what I want? How does this make my body feel? How do I feel about this? And then good, bad, or indifferent saying, maybe I need to make a decision. Certainly. So will you watch um, the vice presidential debate? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I will watch it because it'll scratch an itch in me that just wants to see <laughs> Mike Pence get eaten for dinner. I want to see Kamala Harris pick her teeth with him. But it's not because I expect to get anything out of it except, you know, a, a good butt whooping. So, you know. Yeah. So we know I'm going to watch. Like, of course I'm going to watch it. Mm -hmm. I am. I, I feel like she is going to sweep it and, you know, be the best um, communicator. But I don't want to be disappointed you know I, like i don't want to say oh yeah it's gonna be a sweep i'm very cautious about this for some reason like you know what is that really going to look like because we i've never really heard him lately and and i know that she has a skill i know she could do well but i don't want to you know reach beyond and there will be no disappointment she is whip smart. So even if he treats she it is. like an actual, yes. if he treats it like an actual debate, if he actually respects the, the rules of debate, she will eat right. him for lunch. If he does not respect the rules of debate, she will eat him for lunch. So I just feel like either way, it will be very psychically satisfying for me. And um, I get to see her do her thing. In fact, it, I just wonder if it might be disrupting my peace to watch somebody get, get their butt kicked. No, I think that for me, I'd like to watch a good fight. There are parts of me, I was saying this to someone, I was like, you know, there are parts of me that, you know, I either need to take a boxing class or you just want to have a good, good banter with somebody just because it's like, okay, let me get out parts of my aggression. So if she could do that for me, that's great. And she could win. I'm like, okay, girl, you just, you know, you just did this from, th thank you. Thank you for having the verbal, the verbal exercise. That's why it'll be so satisfying. Yeah. Cause it'll be a proxy battle. Right. It'll be right. a proxy battle. It'll be a proxy battle. But I, you know, I just want us to win. And I think I'm a little bit apprehensive lately, like, okay. So whether we win the election is a whole other animal. Oh, it's a whole other thing. Oh, 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 it's, 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 in, it's incremental steps. It's like, we just want to win this mm. next thing. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. I won't have popcorn um, for it. I'm just, you know, it's me and my apple cider. 
my hot apple cider watching. I'm gonna get a Peloton treadmill, I decided. Oh, a Peloton treadmill? They make treadmills? They do. Oh, now that's something I could get down with. Because those bikes, stationary bikes make my bottom hurt. They do. Just my whole undercarriage hurts after I am on one of those bikes. Do you have a gel seat? Uh, I have a gel seat on my actual bike, and even so, it just hurts. Yeah, it still hurts, it still hurts. Yeah, one, once upon a time, I was after work, um, cycling class, I was, I was that person. Um, but I do have a gel seat, and you're right, it's, it doesn't take away the blow of the crudite and all of her feelings. It's like, you know, we hurt. Yeah, we still hurt. The crudite, you said. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Fancy Black Lady. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and visit our store at fancyblacklady.com. And as always, keep it fancy. Fancy.